Welcome back for a Show Me the Money. It's a film financing, essentially, for international filmmakers and so forth. Today, the big question is, now that we've got those rights, remember that we talked about, we are going to examine where should I make my film? Where in the world is the best place to find money, to find talent, and to, find, to be able to get your picture made and i can tell you we've had an enormous experience internationally but one of the places where people end up is in canada and with me joining me is john mechanic my uh, co-host on this podcast john um you're canadian right i i am <laughs> born and raised in montreal so i guess we have a bias here of canada right we do although okay. yeah but yeah. we're going to tell you why and that's the interesting question. Why, okay. right? So why do you come to Canada? Essentially, when you think about it, okay, it's really for the money. Because right now, Canada is the closest country to the United States, which is of the center of the universe for filmmaking and so forth on the English side. And um, it also has enjoys benefits from the fact that its dollar is cheaper than the United States, and therefore you're buying more for your money. And the fact that there are tax incentives in Canada, which make it more attractive. In other words, if you think about it, uh, if you look at what you'd be, you know, what your dollar would buy you in the United States, and you'd have a budget of a certain amount of money, whatever that budget is, okay? the Canadian dollar itself actually would buy you more. And you combine that with the fact that Canada offers tax credits. So therefore, if you're thinking about it, what your US dollar production, what your Euro dollar production would be if you're from Europe, you're going to end up practically doubling it over here. How do we get there? Well, how do we get there? I think to take that phrase, there's one other thing yeah. to mention, right? Mm -hmm. How do we get to Canada? A short plane ride away. In many cases, it's a drive away, yeah. right? We're si we're a six hour drive away from New York City. Mm -hmm. We're a forty minute drive here from the American U.S. border. There is an incredible importance here in physical proximity, right? What are the three film centers in Canada? Why don't we just start there? We have starting from left to right, mm -hmm. west to east. We have Vancouver. Mm -hmm. We have Toronto. And we have Montreal. Vancouver is incredibly popular as a filming destination. Stars love to shoot there, right? Because they fly up from LA, fly home on the weekend, see their families. Mm -hmm. It's incredibly convenient. It's I've done that flight. It's like two and a half hours one way. It's, mm. it's very easy. Same time zone also. Same time yeah. zone, right? Which is incredibly important. They in don't have our. Business. Uh, we're in Montreal, and they don't have our weather. They don't have our weather. Uh, it's overcast, which is incredibly good for filming. <laughs> There's palm trees there. You could pretend it's California. You could pretend it's New York. It's, it's incredibly versatile. Toronto, also still quite close. Great for shooting New York, you've told me, mm -hmm. right? You could, suits is there. Yeah, Suits right. is there. Did anybody know that Suits is actually shown, is filmed in Toronto? And then we have Montreal, right? Our, our home, which is... Again, super versatile, can play Paris, can play New York. And 
stars have come out more and more saying they love shooting here. Mm -hmm. They love the restaurants. They love they love being able to go out at night. Uh, and de la belle province. That's it. We speak French. That's it. On so, parle français. <laughs> <laughs> so physical proximity is incredibly important, right? Because if you're going to leave the center of filmmaking in California, and if you're going to leave uh, the United States to film somewhere, what's the easiest place just from an admin mm -hmm. standpoint, right? It's the neighbors to the north, the true white north, mm -hmm. strong and free. Uh, so that's one Im important point, right? But then once we take that for granted, okay, it's easy to get there. Mm -hmm. Why should we go there, right? What does Canada offer over other countries? And that's where you get into exchange rate mm -hmm. and tax credits, right? So the exchange rate, I like to use the example of a Starbucks coffee, right? If mm -hmm. I'm going to go to London and buy a Starbucks coffee, it's not going to be like one pound because a coffee at Starbucks is two fifty. I think it's a little bit more. I haven't pulled up their recent prices. Mm -hmm. Whatever. The point is, it's still going to cost you two fifty, two two pounds fifty pence mm -hmm. type of thing, right? And so, if in Europe, it's going to be two euros and a half. Or exactly. Whatever. And the point is, if you look at it in our context, which is production cost to make a film, our production crew don't necessarily command a higher salary in Canadian dollars than would an American crew member, right? If an American crew member is paid $30,000 US for a job, pretty likely <laughs> that the Canadian crew member will be paid the same amount all so other the things being equal. So the dollar stays, but there you, you end up, because you're paying in, let's say, American dollars, that $30 or per hour Canadian is now $20 U.S. Exactly. And one of the things that I've asked you before is, those years that I was in law school, when our dollar was at par, like one-to-one, -one, mm -hmm. what did you see in terms well, of... Well, let's look at that. That's, it, 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 so if you go on the screen right now... Right. This is the exchange rate from 1969 all the way to 2019. This is the Canadian dollar versus the U.S. dollar. So that means that the number here is one right here. Okay. That is when the dollar was at par. The Canadian dollar was at par or more. It's in since 69, 50 years. Okay. Of, of history. We've been, the Canadian dollar has been twice or maybe three times if you look here, okay, above par with the U.S. dollar. Back in the early 70s and to the mid-70s, and then during the financial crisis in the United States of 2008, a little bit, and then from 2000 and I think 10 to 12, 14, 13, and so forth. Other than that, it's been as low as, okay, in, nine, in the year 2000. And one or so, 2002, as low as 61 cents. Very expensive to vacation in the United yeah, States yeah. at the but, time. But, but very cheap for U.S. filmmakers and producers to come and produce in, in, the United, in Canada. Now, you were asking me, what happens when we go above par? When our Canadian dollar, actually, in the last few years, okay, now it's below, okay, it's not currently sitting at about 76 cents or so. Uh, but when it actually had gone above the United States dollar, okay, the city of Toronto was basically accepting U.S. dollars at par, okay, so that you could end up getting pretty much the same as, as $1. And the tax 
credit, okay, which was being paid, was actually increased. So in other words, you if you were getting 30% tax credit prior when the, US, the Canadian dollar was below, okay, they raised that tax credit up by 5%. So that basically what they were doing was compensating for the fact that the Canadian dollar was more expensive. So the industry actually adapted to it and made it still advantageous for Americans and Europeans to come over here because the tax credit legislation was changed to fluctuate with that dollar. So in your view, tax credits yeah. and the rate of the tax credit and the rate of the Canadian dollar vis-a-vis -vis the American dollar yeah. have a reflexive relationship. Well, the same, but look at the the Euro one. I, 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 it, it, it's funny because, well, this one, the Euro, you, you only have history in some, from 1990 or so, okay? But the Euro and the American dollar and the Canadian dollar tend to fluctuate together. So yes, that tax credit itself will end up adapting itself to when the Canadian dollar is high, you'll end up increasing your tax credits to compensate for it. And when the euro or the American dollar is very high, well, then they don't have to pay you as much, right? So the government can save some money and they can put it in and, and still be competitive and offer you that same advantage that we were talking about, which was a, you're going to be getting more for your money on the exchange rate because uh, the, the, the fact that you have an advantageous uh, dollar. And number two, I'll compensate with, with giving you more tax credit if your dollar now starts getting lower. So effectively, our first point is currency, beneficial yeah. exchange rate, yeah. right? And I gave the Starbucks example. I'll give another example. Yeah. I have so many friends in the United States who love Montreal, mm -hmm. or I'll walk around at night after mm -hmm. grabbing dinner and meet some Americans in the street who come up here on vacation. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that they love is we have, I'll put this on the record, we have some of the most amazing restaurants in the world here, mm -hmm. right? So $50 to them is what? A $50 amazing meal yeah. is well, somewhere in the 30s? They $80 here or something. Yeah. Exactly. So you just get more bang for your buck mm -hmm. here, whether you're on vacation or whether mm -hmm. you're coming here to make a movie. And effectively, the principle is exactly the same. Mm -hmm. So... That's point one, right? And that's already a really nice benefit. Mm -hmm. Point two is tax credits. And mm -hmm. really, that's where you are the guru in my mind, mm -hmm. right? You are the tax credit guru. Well, remember what he said. I started in tax shelters where before the, the, the tax credit system, people were investing and they were getting deductions from their income tax. Now, having tax credits, that tax credit component makes it possible to give the same advantage that Canadians were getting when they were investing in Canadian films to foreigners. In other words, back when I started, a tax shelter was only really available for Canadians because they would write it off on their tax system. An American couldn't invest in Canadian or produce films. By the late mid-90s, what they realized was that, hey, I don't have to pay as much to get production here, if I offer a little bit of money to somebody to move their film here, okay, they introduce what was called the production services tax credit. So the old tax credits was what we call the content tax credit when people were producing Canadian films. So you would used to be able to deduct that off your income tax. They changed that to making it a tax credit. 
getting a content tax credit, provided you make certain requirements. Then they said, well, wait a minute. Maybe if we offer less than a content tax credit, we'll attract foreign film production here. So they introduced something called the production services tax credit. Now, that's the way many studios and many, let's say, mega, uh, mini studios are used to dealing. They basically engage the services of a company, okay? They sign a production services agreement. The studio owns the copyright. The studio owns the film. All they're doing is they're engaging the company to render production services and deliver to them the film. That production service company now ends up being able to be qualified to get tax credits that are specifically tailored for a foreign film producer to come here. So why don't we talk about what some of the benefits versus detriments are of each type of tax credit, right? First, we have the Canadian content credit, and then we have something called the production services credit. Mm -hmm. Now, why don't we talk about what some of the pluses and minuses are, right? One of them is the content tax credit is higher in terms of your percentage mm -hmm. than your production services credit. But your Canadian content credit comes with a bunch of other requirements that you need to satisfy. Your film, like Sam said, needs to be, quote, Canadian as it is defined. So in your opinion, what are some of the key points? We're not going to run through all of them, but what are some of the key Yeah, we're going to cover them later on. But I think that the question is that what you're looking at is you're trying to, to make what is called a film that is Canadian by definition. We talked about what is a Canadian film. We feel from a creative standpoint that many films are Canadian films. If you have Canadian directors, you have Canadian writers and Canadian stories and so forth, those should be Canadian films. But for purposes of getting money from the government, Canadian film means that you meet a certain content requirement, meaning that you have a certain number of Canadians in there, that you majority of your film or 75% of your film is, is produced over here, and that is also owned by a Canadian producer the producer owning the copyright to the film. Exactly. So, so higher amount, higher requirements as well to satisfy production services. Lower. But let's find yeah. out what is that amount, okay? So the, you have two levels of tax credits. So we have a federal tax credit and we have a provincial tax credit. So here we are provinces, which are akin to the states, okay, in the United States. They themselves also pay a tax credit. The, they will contribute to, let's say, an average budget, okay? Somewhere between 17% to 32% of a person of a, of a budget of a film can actually come from the tax credit provincially, content that is. Okay. It's based on the labor. In other words, you've got to hire Canadian labor or Quebec labor if you're coming to Quebec. And that percentage is like 30% or 32% of that labor cost. And labor doesn't end up being 100% of your budget. So therefore, that's why I'm saying they're going to contribute to your budget anywhere between 17 to 30% of your budget. On top of that, you get the federal credit. The federal credit says after you've deducted the provincial credit, okay, you can still qualify for uh, a credit and we'll give you on based on roughly the budget again, between 10 to 15% of your budget. So anywhere between 20 some odd percent of your budget to maybe 40 plus percent of your budget can come from tax credits in Canada alone, provided you're spending and, and this, you're doing a Canadian film. That's a very significant amount of money that is being paid to Canadian producers to do Canadian productions. Mm -hmm. On the federal services side, so now you're a foreign entity coming in here. 
the current provincial tax credit in Quebec is 20% of whatever you spend here. It's not just labor-based. It basically is all cost, all spend in the province. You're getting an all-spend credit in Ontario. You're getting in Vancouver, you're getting uh, a spend credit based on labor. So it's a little bit different on the, on the, on the Vancouver side. But between Ontario and Quebec, it's all spend, and that's about 20%. The other thing that Quebec ends up paying, okay, is a bonus. And the same thing happens in Vancouver and in Ontario, a bonus for special effects. So in other words, if your film has a lot of special effects, okay, you get a bonus in Quebec of about 16% above that 20%. Referred to as the top-up. Right. And that has created an enormous industry here. Okay, so we're looking in Montreal alone, some of the top studios that have come and set up offices here. One of them is called Hybrid. And Hybrid itself, as you can see, was on Arrival. This is their demo reel, okay? Arrival was directed by Denis Villeneuve, who's a Canadian director who wanted the film to come in here. And they basically were able to have this type of quality that you see on screen, okay? They were also involved in many other films. Some of the top Hollywood films, including the Star Wars saga. If we're just enjoying a little bit of the scenes over here. So another studio besides Hybrid is called Pixomondo, which is actually um, a client who set up offices originally in Los Angeles, okay, and out of uh, Germany, and, and then opened their first office in Toronto as their starting point, and then they went into Vancouver, and now they've opened up a Montreal office. And look, Pixomondo, as we can see, they did Jurassic World, okay? They did Midway, okay, which was when, what the top film just recently. Um, they're expanding. They went into Star Wars, The Mandalorian, um, Goliath, which is an Amazon Prime series. They've done stuff with um, uh, Aerosmith in terms of other lighting. So this studio here, the main reason it actually is in Canada is because of the fact that there are these bonus tax credits. So now what you're doing is you're not only coming to Canada because of the Canadian dollar and because of these tax credits. The effect of having these tax credits themselves mean that you have these world-class companies who set up offices here and are attracting world-class talent. And I will say this as well, right? A lot of the artists, employees, etc., who go to work for these companies are from other cities. I have seen in the past five, 10 years, the enormous impact that companies like these and in AI have had on Montreal's local economy. It's night and day, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a tremendous boon for Montreal. Yeah, I mean, Montreal, when you look at it, you had back in the 60s, um, maybe a manufacturing uh, industry where there was a lot of textile yeah. manufacturing. There was uh, probably lumber industries and so forth. We still have a very 
robust lumber industry, but our, all of our manufacturing really has gone away, right? Yeah, my and, grandfather was in manufacturing yeah. out uh, in St. Henri. They made yeah. they made luggage, right? Yeah. yeah, and now it's being made in China. It's being made in China. But uh, we're, we're, by having these types of incentives and the, now these companies coming over here, this is manufacturing. This is the manufacturing industry of the 21st century. If you look at it, we're manufacturing images and so forth. And as direct result of the fact that A, the dollar, right? And B, the tax credits. Exactly. Yeah. So what's next? Well, I think that the uh, component is that the, um, the uh, aspect of, you know, where is it that you're, you're doing this requires a little bit also of consideration because even though we tell you that we have these tax credits, okay, it's not just a given. And you and I have had some experience where foreign producers think that all they have to do is just, I don't know, set up shop, right? Or sign a, a, an agreement with a Canadian company and then the tax credit itself arrives itself. There are variety of legislation in place that needs people to be careful before they just, you know, come and do their film here. Um, because of the fact that if you're a copyright owner, okay, and you want to come to Canada, that aspect has to be looked at. In other words, what is the best way to come here? Okay, It's not just the fact that you do your film here and you'll get these tax credits. There are contracts that you have to follow. There's regulations that you have to be in place. And I think you've lived through one where there was this Chinese company or something that a film, a Chinese film was done here. And we're still working on trying to get that film to qualify. Yeah, effectively. What, what would be the message if you're in China, you want to come here now? <laughs> <laughs> effectively, there's a tremendous amount of planning that needs to occur. And, you know, there are professionals who do this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It is doable. Producers very often, I think the idea is they refer to Canadian tax credits as relatively reliable money, mm -hmm. which it is. But that doesn't mean that it's you could just pick it off the trees, right? You do mm -hmm. need to plan accordingly and structure your affairs accordingly. So that film, what ended up happening was they end up coming to Canada, do the production, do some of the post-production in Canada, and then they leave and so forth. And they didn't bother putting in place the right structure. We're years later, and we're still trying to put that pieces together. One of the concepts that it's based upon is copyright. Now, we dealt with copyright just prior on our, our prior one. And copyright itself is the people, the, the company that owns it and the chain of title that we talked about who owns it. In China, Copyright has slightly different meanings on it. In that film, particularly, copyright was shared not just with the production company, but everybody who had put in money from broadcasters to it, to the other the, the investors and so forth. The moment you have that type of complex structure, copyright structure outside, it creates a problem when you're coming to Canada because all of a sudden, we're supposed to have signed with the copyright owners. And all these copyright owners are all over the place, and they weren't able to 
let's say, garnered themselves and joined themselves together to properly sign those documentation. Had that occurred earlier on, we would have been able to possibly plan it and make it a much easier way of coming in and getting those tax credits themselves. Right on. And just one, one finishing thought. What do you think it is about Canada that has made us the leaders in, in tax credits, effectively? Like, we were the originators, as far as I understand, mm -hmm. of tax credits for film and television. Why do you think that is? Why did it end up happening? Well, again, it's a question of being able to create. I mean, it was, I think it was, if, if I go back to, there's a guy named Michael Spencer. He founded a completion bond company. Um, he goes up to the Canadian government and says, listen, he says, lend me, you know, put into a program $500,000. He says, what I will do with that is I will lend it to Canadian filmmakers and then they will pay it back to me and then I will be able to make money from that $500,000 and then I'll be able to now generate an industry from it. That $500,000 has turned to $25 million a year called Telefilm Canada. That's how he founded it. From that $25 million a year, okay, that generated $1.5 billion of tax credits. So it started off where I think... You have the vision, okay, of somebody that says, hey, why would someone do their film here if they're just going to, can just do it in Los Angeles or New York, okay? You, there has to be a reason, and they, it has to be money. And if you look at the independent film industry again, where the studio is not paying 100% of your money, of your cost of your budget, well, money becomes the driving factor. And the moment that you can attract with money the driving factor, that's how they ended up coming with that. Well, on the topic of money, why don't we sum this up and mm -hmm. say what we've learned so far. We've learned about what is a film? Mm -hmm. How do we get our, get our rights in into a film? Where do we want to shoot our film? Mm -hmm. Maybe LA, maybe Canada, maybe mm -hmm. somewhere else. We've mm -hmm. gone over some of the benefits. And now, why don't we talk about, well, we have our location, we have our rights, let's go make the thing. Mm -hmm. So... You're going to learn all that in our third episode. Yeah. Stay tuned. All right. Thank you. Right. Oh, by the way, the other part that we forgot is uh, this, uh, the, the, the fact that we poured ourselves some wine initially. This wine has actually aged a little bit right in, right in the glass itself. So now we can maybe take another taste we, of we it. We do a swirl? Yeah, we do a swirl. Okay. Here we go. And Grab a it's a little bit more oxidized. Part of the U.S.-Canada collaboration. This is U.S. winemaking from Shelburne Vineyard in Vermont. And, and it's an organization I've invested in and part of my other passion apart from filmmaking. The U.S.-Canadian uh, US -Canadian co-venture, not co-production. Exactly. We'll learn yeah, we'll more deal, about We'll learn about it with exactly. co-ventures later on. Thanks so okay, much, everyone. Cheers.